Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Shine Hills at shinehills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Shine Hills. Across the street and around the world. Julie, we've had some 101s and 201s and a lot of new people coming to Shine Hills, which is an amazing thing. It's so cool. It is I, fun, isn't I it? I love hearing, and even how they found us. Somebody was a, watched it in the movie theater and saw us live. That's so that true. That's really cool. That, and and the, uh, there's people moving in from all, I mean, from all kinds. Of, most California, a lot of people moving in mm-hmm. to Cheyenne for, for, you know, for a variety of reasons, which is amazing. But they're showing up, and they're, but my point is they're, they're really commenting on the across the street and around the world. Mm. You know, we say that all the time. It's just like almost, we almost forget it. It's so normal. But people have really gravitated to that. And it's like, well, let's, so I want to talk a little bit about across the street and around the world. But before I do that, I've got to welcome back Nathan Winters in the house. Thank you so much for being here, man. It's great. Oh my. Great Ooh. to have everybody is glad. Listen to Spectacular. this. Spectacular. <laughs> and Julie <laughs> has found some new buttons on this. That is so cool. Well, I knew they were here. I just, you know, I don't oh. want to like, you know, throw hit them all the time. Oh, oh there. Oh, oh, she's no. got all kinds of stuff. Oh, oh no, we she's going to go crazy level. on this. It's another level. We're going to go way around the world now. Yeah, we'll you see know. how it goes. <laughs> well, I have to say, I love your motto too, because it captures the great commission in, in just a short phrase. Yeah. It's really good. And besides, I love the logo, the uh, uh, Cheyenne yeah. Hills volleyball yeah. that, that you guys have. Anyway. Some people say it's a space uh, oh. spacecraft or yeah. something. We've had all kinds of stuff on that one. But, but it's, it's like, real, it is yeah. good. It's, you it's know what's fun. so fun to think about is like it doesn't seem that long ago that we came up with the new logo. And yeah. we're talking about our, you know, the catchphrase of across the street around the world because that really was branded when we moved into the new building, which, right. you know, for us doesn't feel like that long. But I guess it probably has been. What, 20? 2013 so yeah wow. seven years ago it's, isn't that crazy it's a little bit yeah wow. Tremendous. Yeah. it's just unbelievable right. it's, it's right. really amazing well i will say that this this ministry has had a wonderful impact across the state of wyoming and i've witnessed oh. it through my interactions with family policy alliance you guys have just done a wonderful job impacting um both across the street here in cheyenne and then around the world i've had the opportunity at least to see the wyoming part of the okay. world, and it's been great. Awesome, that's good to hear. That's really good to hear. Well, we uh, we've got some we got some really good people. It's some God just kind of brings across our paths, and and I just uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be involved in some of these ministries that we're in, and uh, just to be a little part of it and to encourage and all that. We had a I just want to bring this up because I don't know just because we had we had a baptism this last week. It was the coldest day on the planet. And we had people actually showed up to be baptized. And I, I kept telling them, I was like, man, this has got to be double points. This is like Russian points. <laughs> it's like getting baptized in Russia, man. They used to chop yeah. holes in the ice, you know, whatever. But, right. um, you know, I never, I don't know if I've ever just formally just come out and said, say, okay, so what do you believe about baptism? So this is a great place to divide or unite on, <laughs> right. on views. Right. But what's your... What's your thoughts on baptism? I'm, I'm going to compare it with what I've been saying and see if I need to change something. Sure. I think there's something really beautiful in the in the New Testament where Philip runs across the Ethiopian eunuch. Yeah. Good. And in that passage, Philip uh, is running along. I find that very interesting. And he can hear a man reading the book of Isaiah from his chariot. Yeah. And I get the impression that Philip may have been a bit of a marathoner because he's he's running along and he says, do you understand what you're reading? Yeah. And the man said, how can I? except uh, someone explain it to me. Right. And Philip then went up, he was invited up apparently into the chariot and began to expound to him what the book of Isaiah meant. Right. 
And as he begins to expound, the scriptures explain to us in the book of Acts that um, the the eunuch says, here is some water. What hinders me from being baptized? And then Philip says, well, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? And he says, I believe. And he said, if thou believe, if you believe, you may. And so in that, you see a bit of a prescription of what baptism is. It is something that is not salvific itself, but it certainly is a memorial that is closely related to salvation that helps us to understand that it's a it's an outward sign of an inward confession. Right. That's that's as I read the scripture. That's kind of where I've come to. Where, where are you on, dealing? Spot on. Spot on with you. I wouldn't change a thing. Mm-hmm. So, do you? What do you think about sprinkling or the pouring or or, mm-hmm. or baptized by immersion? Do you have any? Yeah. Preference so, or do you think there's a a way? What do you think on that? <laughs> well, well, I okay. So. I heard someone say this, and it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. You know, baptism is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection. It is, yeah, And just sure. as you would not shovel dirt on a body alone, you know, or just sprinkle dirt over a body. Okay. You know, what we do is we actually I'm bury them. I'm glad I asked. I never have had this explained that way. That's oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. And, and so to really show that picture, yeah. you know, there is something very special. And, and you see that also in the baptism that John the Baptist administered. Now, that particular baptism, the book of uh, Matthew, I believe it is, explains that it is a baptism unto repentance. No, no, it's not the book of Matthew. It's I think it's actually in the book of Acts where later on someone said that they had heard right. only of the baptism of John. Right, right. And so that, of course, is a baptism unto repentance, and that's different than a baptism today after uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of right. Christ. On the other hand... John apparently immersed because you can see Jesus came straightway. That's the old version, old English version. He came straightway out of the water. Okay. And so you get again that picture that it is a full immersion, a burial, right. and then coming back up. Yep. And, and it even says in Romans, you know, you're, it's buried with Christ, and it talks about the, the symbolism of that, and we're raised and uh, to walk a new way of life. And I actually, I actually use those words. You know, I've had, I've had over the years, had several people that have said, well, so why, you know, we've, we've been bad, we've been sprinkled or whatever in another church. Why can't that work for this, this church as far as membership or whatever? And, and it's like, listen, I, I don't believe the baptism is salvific. So I do di- make that distinction as well. My, my reasoning on that is that if, if bapt- if the water of baptism was salvific, then that to me dilutes the blood of Christ. That's right. The, the finished work of Christ on the cross is like, I'm, I'm really big. I had that drilled into my my theological training, mm-hmm. and so if that's finished, and he and his blood is what what is perpetuating the my the wrath of God against my sin, then um, the water is not going to. What water does is like my wedding ring. It's uh, it's the proof. It's the outward symbol, just as you said, mm-hmm. of an inward reality. And you know, if I lose this wedding ring, you know, my I didn't. That's not a divorce. It's just I've lost this ring, right. lost the symbol. Right. That vow that I made to my wife, that's what, uh, you know, before God, that's what made us one. This is a symbol, is the is the outward sign of that. So I, I see that as that, uh, baptism as this outward symbol. Um, there's a verse I always use in Matthew, I think Matthew 10, 32. It says, if you've professed me before men, I'll profess you before my Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. If you disown me before men, I'll disown you before my Father in heaven. Now, he's not talking about baptism in the context. But I always tell people, I don't know of a way that you can stand before God and the, your and men and to profess that I am not ashamed to let it, the world know right. that I've I've made a profession of faith in Christ, 
and I always ask them. They make a profession of faith, and we're buried with Christ, raised to walk in a new way of life. So it's powerful. Every baptism we have, I just love our baptisms. Oh, yeah. I just, it's just a powerful time. So proud of the people. We don't like to hear the stories. That's one of my favorite things, just to hear why. But, you know, a lot of times people will say also, um, that they're they're being baptized. They were maybe baptized as an infant, or maybe they were baptized as a younger person, and now they make that adult decision as a, as an adult, and they just feel like you know yeah. I just feel like I need to do this, right? And I never, of course, I say you know that's that's between you and your Lord, and uh, it's always very meaningful that for them. So I that's kind of how my view of baptism, and I I always tell people because there's I've had a few people press me on this, and it's like I'll just tell you this. Um, yeah, even if I weren't a part of a Baptist church, even, I mean, I would baptize by immersion if I was a part of any church. I don't care. Right. Because I, you know, Christ didn't cut any corners when it came to the cross. Right. He didn't even take the wine vinegar that could have deadened some pain. Right. Right. It, it, uh, and so um, if Christ didn't cut any corners, I, why should I, why would I want to cut corners or encourage somebody else to? Mm-hmm. To me, baptism is like, man, just, if he wanted me to be baptized every year, I'd do it. Right, right. But he's, you know, baptism, go, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I do mean, I do believe it meant to dip under. Right. Uh, as the word implies. And then and then uh, every time you break this bread and drink this cup, remember me. Right. It's the only thing he really told us to do. And it's like the best we can, let's try to, let's try not to cut corners. And so right. that's kind of my human way of trying to get to the understanding love- of that. I love how you brought that up because I had to actually visit this very, very closely in my life in 2019, just two years ago. Okay. So I made a profession of faith when I was a very young boy. I grew up in a, in a, in the church. I grew up in actually in a pastor's home. And so I made a profession of faith when I was very young, four years of age. Okay. And, um, and so I was baptized shortly thereafter, but it, it didn't dawn on me until much, much later. I don't think I was saved. So I actually, now this sounds real old-fashioned, but it was a Southern-style tent revival meeting in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and a man preached on hell every night for a week. (laughs) And I'm telling you what, by the end of it, I was wanting to make double sure. Scared the heaven into you. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I I tell you what, I, I went forward. It was toward the end of that meeting, and I realized at that point that I was a sinner. Now, the difference between what I understood at nine and what I understood at four was this. At the age of four, I'd grown up in a home where Jesus Christ was our best friend. He was God. It was wonderful. And I remember feeling remorse that my best friend died on a cross, but I didn't actually connect that it was my sin that nailed him there. Oh, wow. At the age of nine, I recognized I was a sinner in need of a savior. And so when I went forward, I believe now that that was when I truly trusted Christ. But for many years of my life, I actually would go back to that, that earliest age. And so I remember about eight years ago, I really began to struggle. Mm -hmm. I was baptized before what I believe now to be the moment of my salvation. Right. Not only that, in my ministry, I have had the privilege now of baptizing I don't know, probably less than 100, but a lot of people, just about that number of people right. in, in my ministry. But here I was, 2019, and God had allowed a number of things to really uh, cause questions in my life. Who am I and what, am I, what is my purpose in life? And that was a place that he had not let me have peace for about six years. Wow. So we had already moved here to Cheyenne. I went back up to my home church, my old church in Thermopolis, because I didn't want to ever have in my mind or anyone else's 
that I had tried to hide something in my ministry. Mm. I went back up there and I asked my mentor in ministry to baptize me. Wow. But in this situation, because I truly believe in what is the fancy word for it is credo baptism. It is baptism uh, as a testimony of what has already occurred in your heart. It's right. different than pedo baptism, baptism, baptizing babies. And so in that circumstance, I had to actually confront this very personally in my life and fairly recently within the last two years. Wow. And so it matters. Wow. No, that's, that's huge. I didn't know your story. Glad I asked. Yeah. And, uh, no, that baptism is amazing. I I grew up in the church, uh, baptized as an infant, baptized at, at confirmation at age 12 or something like that. I was a Methodist church. Always wanted to be baptized by immersion. Our church just didn't practice that. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to seminary, I was 27 years old, and my wife and I were baptized in a Baptist church. Um, I just thought, okay, check the box. But I can tell you, it, it was more than checking the box. And, it, and my theology went from saying, I still don't believe it's salvific, but it's it's way more a part of the ceremony. Right. Because it was so powerful. I, right. I had this sense of I obeyed God in a way that I hadn't. It was... Uh, I had a clean feeling, although I don't believe the water washes away sins, the blood of Christ does. But there was something I just, I felt God's pleasure in a way that I don't, I, it was special. And Mary, my wife and I were baptized together. And, um, and I think it, it really solidified our, our walk. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a powerful time. So, right. okay. So just real quick, I, these were fighting words back, I don't know, a few hundred years ago. Oh my. I mean, this was like people, not fighting words. They, people lost their lives over whether you believed that infant baptism was legit or not. Right. 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 Because weren't the reformers the ones that were saying they were pulling away from this whole idea of infant baptism because that was a false sense of security. Right. Under under the guise of sola, uh, was it faith? Scripture. Sola scripture. Oh, so, uh, sola fide. Fide. It's yeah. It's like uh, it's faith alone. It's not the baptism. And so this right. was big time fighting words back then. And, uh, um, there's a lot of people that lost their lives over infant baptism, right? Right, right? and lost and went parted part of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been you've been studying some of these things. What's do you have any any oh, thoughts yeah. or comments on I don't know that that era and then how we where we've kind of a, come from? Yeah, so let me take you back then to the early Re- Reformation. So uh, okay, the classical date for the beginning of the Reformation is October 31 of 1517. That is when Martin Luther nailed yep. his 95 theses to the Wittenberg church doors. Okay. But in, in the early 1520s and happening almost simultaneously with what was occurring in Germany, up in Switzerland, in Zurich, there was a preacher by the name of Ulrich Zwingli, who also had been a very, very studious Catholic priest. But he actually began to teach from the Scripture. Now, one of the things that's missing sometimes in the conversation is the reason why the Reformation happened when it did is because a man by the name of Desiderius Erasmus actually began to push really hard for a Greek New Testament of the Scripture to be published. And because of that, people for the first time, people within the church were actually reading the Scripture and recognizing, oh my goodness, there's a difference between the way John actually wrote this or Paul actually wrote this and what Jerome's Latin Vulgate was saying. Right. And so they began to really well, study. Did they really understand the vo- Latin at that time? Was that a major language? Some of them did. For instance, Martin Luther actually would be considered a doctor of the church. He was one of the most learned men of his day, truly was, and okay. Swingley too. But you're right. The average priest did not know even the Latin. They were just reciting uh, incantations in some ways. Matter of fact, you know the term hocus pocus? 
Oh, yeah. That term hocus pocus comes from a misconception of part of the Latin phrase at the beginning no of, um, right, at the beginning of a, of a mass. Oh, my goodness. And, and so, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> they had no idea what they were saying and so often would mistime, uh, would, would missay it. Oh, yeah. you know, it's amazing to me how many people went to mass or whatever and didn't understand a word of it. Right. It's just like, it's just like they think that just sitting under it was so powerful, they, they catch mm-hmm. it. But I, I was thinking when you said Greek, I was thinking that you were going to say they they translated into German because I thought when they put it into the common language of the day, right. is that is that not right? That is true, but but Luther didn't do that. Luther didn't do it okay. until he actually had no, he did, but yeah. he didn't do that until he had Erasmus's Greek. Gotcha. gotcha. And so that is where they finally had the opportunity to wrestle with the scriptures directly, as opposed to through the lens of Jerome, yes, who mistranslated a number of things. Gotcha. Interesting. And so th- uh, that is the reason why there was such a, a change. Yeah. Well, in that Reformation, there's much wonder, uh, many wonderful things that occurred, but many sad things that happened as well. So Ulrich Zwingli in Zurich actually had a, young, a group of young men around him who were also students of the scripture. Some of their names were Conrad Grable, George Blaurock, and uh, Felix Mance, uh, and there were others. And they began to study the scripture and they were really pursuing the scripture with the idea, we should get back to what the scripture says. Okay. And they call that principle sola scriptura, which means the scripture alone in Latin. That's right. Well, as they're doing that, they come to the position where they recognize, you know, the scripture only describes baptism by means of immersion. As a matter of fact, in the Greek, the word baptizo actually means that, to immerse, like you would immerse cloth, right. and it comes back out a different color if you immerse it and die. Right. And they recognize, you know, I think we've been, the, 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 the sprinkling thing is not a biblical perspective, so let's get back to sola scriptura and let's baptize people. Secondly, is just like we talked about with Philip, uh, um, uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. It right. only occurs in the New Testament after salvation right. has already occurred. Right. And so they began to debate this and look deeply into it. And actually, or early on, Zwingli was in agreement with him. But he goes to the city council, and at that time, what they were doing with the Reformation was, of course, it meant war. Because at that time, the Pope in Rome was one that actually controlled all of politics in Europe. And so they recognized that these were very, very dangerous situations they were putting themselves into. So the town council told Zwingli, you know, let's move slow. Let's move slow. We want the Reformation, but let's go slow. Well, they went slow, but these other guys were like, well, wait a second. I still don't believe I have scriptural baptism. And they began to pray about it and pray about it. And they would travel around the uh, the area around Zurich and they would preach. And in those circumstances, there were moms who would not allow their babies to be baptized, which, of course, according to the Catholic doctrine, that's a that's a bad thing. Yeah, if they die, then they they're going right. they don't go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. One night, actually, Grable, Mance, and Blaurock were in a prayer meeting together, and they had prayed for hours. And finally, one of them, I can't handle this anymore. Would you please baptize me by immersion? Wow. And so he was baptized by immersion, and then uh, turned around and baptized the other two by immersion. And they were making a point that this right here is a memorial. It is not salvific. Well, when that happened, that really infuriated Zwingli. And Zwingli, for all of his good stuff, actually began to declare war on these men and wound up killing all of them. George Blaurock was drowned in the Lamont River. They uh, wrapped rocks around him and, of course, shackled him and drowned him in the Lamont River. 
there's a memorial that stands um, not too far from where he was drowned all those years ago. So what was Zwingli's beef with that? I mean, he, he believed it. Mm-hmm. But he just thought this was moving too fast and he didn't want to s- stir up trouble? Well, that's actually something that I've been getting into in a recent study. That sometimes external political circumstances drive your hermeneutics. And whenever that happens, it's a yeah. dangerous position. Yeah. And so that's where I believe that the external politics drove him to look at the scriptures through, his, through a worldview that he had to invent. Yeah. We call that now covenant theology. And it's a, it, there's a deep dis, uh, discussion there that's going, that has gone on for over 400 years. But that was actually its inception point. That's where it began. And wow. so with that, it began on the subject of baptism. Now, on this day... And so what, what covenants were, were they... Uh, I know what the covenants are, but mm-hmm. which one tied to baptism? Okay, so early on, it was not a very, uh, it wasn't a very deep discussion. Early on, it was Zwingli that came up with the idea of the covenant of grace. Okay. And, but in that, what he was saying was, and this is where it began to morph over time, that the church was the full replacement of Israel. Yes. This is a theory known as supersessionism or replacement theology. Right. And so that, that discussion right there is really, really scary and it actually goes back to a man I actually think very highly of, Augustine of Hippo. Yeah. It was first mentioned by a guy by the name of Justin Martyr. And, and in each of those situations, it was a political circumstance that drove their hermeneutics and their eschatology, that is the study of last things. Right. And so at each of those inception points or deflection points, you know, you can see that outside circumstances drove their view of how one is to read the scripture. And so they stepped away from the principles of sola scriptura and definitely stepped away from Paul, what Paul taught in Romans chapters 9 through 11, what the Bible teaches in Revelation chapter 20, and what Jesus preached in the book of Matthew in the Olivet Discourse. In every one of these circumstances, they allowed external political pressure to drive their hermeneutics away from the clear revealed truth of sola scriptura. I'm going to bring this back to maybe a um, little bit of application we've been working on. You know, one of the things that I, uh, this, I haven't really been thinking sola scriptura is in that context, but I've just been saying, looking down the, what's coming down the pike, we need to be getting back to the God's word. Amen. And, uh, and maybe we can pick this up in the next, next one. But I, the one thing I wanted to do is how do we know, and I've mentioned this with you before, how do we know what's, what's true and how do we discern the truth? And I came across a passage in Matthew chapter seven. And, and, and Jesus says, you will know them by their fruits. Mm. Every good tree produces a good fruit. Uh, no good tree produces bad fruit. And so we know them by their fruits. And so, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. He makes it very specific. And uh, I'm going to been telling people, we've got to get back to God's word so we can unpack this and determine, is this true or not? Is this good fruit or not? And, uh, and or is it being are we being pushed around by political winds and uh, is it shaping us? So I think it's, it's a huge, in fact, we got to, maybe we got to land this plane today, but uh, I, I want to pick back up uh, where we left off there because that's, that's really key to try to understand how, you know, the, we've, the church has struggled with this forever. There's right. always political influences. Right. And we got to, we got to stick to God's word humbly uh, and, and, uh, Gently, but I mean, we don't want to kill each other over this thing. That's right. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today.